Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for checking out this episode of the Brain Drain Podcast, and I'm your host, Connor McCann. And thank you very much for checking out the first and what will be uh, actually kind of a long series of videos called the Faded in San Francisco series. So faded is just a word meaning intoxicated, messed up, you know, gone. And I've had a lot of uh, <laughs> had a lot of different just times back home where I was faded in San Francisco, made up a good chunk of my life. And uh, this is one of those stories. And I want to say before we get into this video that this video is inspired just by the emerging prevalence of study, absolutely increase of views and cultivation of magic mushrooms that is going on currently. That's what inspired this video. And just browsing through the internet, you know, YouTube, Reddit, seeing just more and more out there just about the experiences people are having, people sharing their experiences, people compiling trip reports, people talking about the just different effects of different things, how they cultivated, and just especially the research about how psilocybin, the chemical that is active in magic mushrooms, affects people. It got me interested in putting something out. The powerful nature of many psychedelics produce just a variety of experiences. Some of those experiences are very powerful themselves. And I had one of these very powerful experiences back in 2007. And I had this experience because I took mushrooms the stupid way. In the world of psychedelics, there is a concept of set and setting. To put it simply, this is the concept that where you are and how you are at the time that you do substances like mushrooms influences your trip. I agree 100%. And for anyone who would be interested in pursuing a psychedelic experience for the first time, having a favorable set and setting is essential. This can mean hanging out in a quiet place that's devoid of people, such as in the forest or on an isolated beach, or indoors in an environment that would make you happy well before you take anything. Everybody's preferences are different and what you like reflects more so how you are in day-to-day -day life and not what you think you would be like once you take a substance. For me personally, this would mean being somewhere isolated with as little outside intrusion as possible. I've had great experiences both indoors and outdoors. It really just depends on my mood and what I feel like doing on the given day that I trip that I just decide where I go. I just kind of plan it really at that day and just say, hey, if I feel like just staying in the house or I feel like going to this place or even if I just feel like camping and just kind of kicking back and leading up to the trip, I'll do it that way. But it's just really circumstantial for me. What is constant is that I really only just want to be around people that I know and trust. And I don't want to have, like I said, any kind of outside intrusion, anybody passing through saying anything potentially goofy, weird, anything that's going to have me feeling a certain type of way. And some people, they'll take it to where they need more trust in the process. They'll have somebody with them. That person's called the trip sitter. They're sober and they're just kind of there to protect the person, make sure they don't do anything to harm themselves, make sure that um, they just stay within the confines of uh, the boundaries for a good trip. Me personally though, I'm not really tripping. If you're tripping and if you're tripping, we can definitely trip together. Just like deliberately going out and encountering people I don't know and don't trust, that would be like setting myself up for a bad trip. 
or as I phrased it in the title of this video, taking mushrooms the stupid way. For reference, pretty much every time I've done mushrooms, I've done them the stupid way. This includes the first time I did them when I was a 15-year-old sophomore at Raoul Wallenberg Traditional High School in San Francisco. By that time when I was in 10th grade, I'd already had a couple of friends that had taken them, and just from what they had told me, it sounded like something I wanted to check out. During this time at that school, I knew a guy that was kind of like, uh, he was like my Asian counterpart to where uh, he was a grimy dude. I was a grimy dude at that time, unfortunately, but he was cool with folks around him. Uh, the school's majority Asian and he fit into that just like social setting. He was cool with folks. He did his own thing, but he was really like a lone wolf kind of guy. And I was something similar. I wasn't Asian. I was white, but this dude was the first guy I knew that provided the opportunity for me to buy mushrooms. We picked a day, and with my $12 contribution, we went out in search of a payphone that would take incoming calls. In the days before cell phones, paging a dealer and having them call a payphone was how you're gonna get in contact with them unless you just physically saw them. We both knew of a payphone that was just right across the street from school in a shopping center. So we went to page this guy called D, and we waited for about an hour for him to call back. When he called us back, he told him that he had some mushrooms and that he'd meet us at Rossi Park, which was about a 15 minute walk away. Once we got to Rossi Park, we waited probably like another hour. And uh, the guy that I was with, he saw the guy's car. It was like a Toyota. He pulled up, it was another Asian guy. Did the little transaction, the guy saw me, shot a peace sign, took off into the distance. And I would, you know, continue, anytime I was out in the Richmond, I would hit this guy up if I needed something. And I'll say that, Drug dealers in American society, most societies, have a pretty negative reputation. This guy always showed love. This guy was always friendly. And the thing that I could respect was, anytime I saw him just out and about, if I was out in the Richmond, if I was out in the sunset, I ran into him, he was with his people. His people would show love too. It just, it always kind of meant a lot. It was just like, I don't know, it was just, it just kind of a solidarity thing, love thing, just between people just kind of floating out and about out there. The guy I was with, he divided the bag up, he made sure it was fair and balanced. And he just ate it on the spot, ate it raw, shot me a peace sign, and uh, he walked off into the distance as well. I took mine like maybe 20 minutes later. So I actually ran into some other classmates. Mind you, we're still kind of just in the general area. I was down on Eddie and the Visadero. I was gonna take the 24 home. And I just ran into some classmates who were like, what's up Connor, what you doing? I don't know, I guess I'll just take these mushrooms. And I ate them. Uh, but like maybe an hour later or so, I had been home, like I'd been home for a while and I was still sober. I, I was kind of thinking, oh man, I think I might've gotten ripped off. Like, eh, these weren't probably just regular mushrooms, like some shiitakes or something like that. These ain't magic, nothing magical about these. So I just sat down and I started reading for a while. And when I stood back up, uh, I wasn't sober anymore. You know, and this being the 90s, I was 15, so this is 1998, 1999, somewhere in between. It's the 90s, so a lot of life, even in the later 90s, was still pretty social. A lot of things involving your friends, mind you, were still kids. So I had friends just randomly calling me up, them talking to me, be like, dude, what the fuck's going on with you? I'm like, oh, don't even trip. I'm just on mushrooms right now. And I had friends coming by. And I had one friend randomly coming by from the neighborhood. I had another friend coming from a different part of the neighborhood. We just all kind of linked up and just walked the streets. And uh, I made an idiot out of myself that day. But I had a lot of fun. And like I said, you know, I enjoyed this trip. I had a good time. It still wasn't the ideal way 
to do something like this. There were other times when the setting was ideal, such as the trip I took up to Mendocino County that ended with me and my friends lounging on a beach made out of polished rocks. But it still had its bad moments. And this was because we were going up a freeway. I don't know if it was 101, I don't know if it was one, but it was one of these ones that was going like this through a forest. And my friend that was driving was driving as fast as he could. And he was listening to the new Tool album. I think it was Lateralist at the time. As loud as he possibly could. I mean, that definitely freaked me out. I was tripping, I was in the back, going through it, sweating, tripping. But as soon as I got out of the car and I really felt the sun just hit my face, I just felt great. And this was great enough for me to just like hear a cow moo. And I walked off into the distance in pursuit of this cow. And I never actually found the cows though. I never found any kind of cow, but I did find this little pond that was full of just these little tiny frogs. And I watched the frogs for a while. I kind of just developed a connection between me and the frogs. And I was realizing, I was like, these little guys, they're doing the same kind of thing I'm doing. Like they're getting their air, they're out in the sun, they're enjoying the sunshine, they're trying to eat. Like they have to eat, they have to live, they have to meet someone that they care about, that they love. I don't know if those frogs love or not, I would hope that they do. But I was thinking all these things and as people, you know, we're really taught that we're separate from all these animals, we're superior. We're taught that we're superior to other people as well. And these experiences with mushrooms and with these other substances, they bring everything together, they bring everybody together. You see everybody has their place on this earth. And I felt in tune with what I saw. And when I got back to where my friends were, you know, I'm, I'm coming with this understanding, this connection, and they're kind of freaked out. And they told me like, hey dude, you've been gone for like half an hour, like where have you been at? And one of my other friends, the guy that's on mushrooms with me, the only thing he can talk about is how pointless life is. But I can say that no matter like how badly I planned some of these trips or no matter what the circumstances I found myself in, they never really went sideways on me. Or at least if they did, they never stayed sideways for too long. However, around the time I turned 20, I started having panic attacks. And I can say that when I have them, I start having the feeling of almost being like detached from my own body. Like seeing things that are very close to me, they feel so far away. And I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like there's something going around my neck and it's just choking me a breath. And these panic attacks, they became strong enough and they became frequent enough that they started happening when I was smoking herb. And they happened just so often, they were so terrible that they just got me to quit entirely. You know, worst of all is that I didn't even know that I was having them. I didn't know anything about mental health. I had had some experiences with therapy earlier in my life, but things like this, things like post-traumatic stress disorder, things like anxiety disorder, these things weren't really known to the general public. I had no idea what I was experiencing. Most times I just thought I was having a heart attack or something like that. I was totally fine physically, but I had no idea what was going on with me. And that meant I had no way to stop them. I had no way to prevent them. In 2007, this meant that I hadn't smoked in about three years and I hadn't actually done mushrooms just because I hadn't encountered them for about five years since I was about 18 years old. Other things would come to dominate my mindset. And as I discussed in my last video, in 2006, I came to believe in higher power and I had been studying religion, specifically Islam, during that time. This included a lot of study on Islamic mystical thought, many times called Sufi Islam, or Sufism, but to me, these mystical trends within Islam cannot be separated from the faith itself. I had had the most profound experience in my life the year before, 
and because it had come about in what can be described as a mystical way, there were certain things that were not off the table in my opinion. And this included psychedelics. At the time, I remember feeling like I had done a lot of work on myself and I had just grown in a lot of different ways since coming to believe in a higher power. And I felt like I was genuinely just becoming a better person in the process. I did feel like something was missing though, and I thought that maybe this missing element that I was searching for could be found through psychedelics. More specifically, just at that time, I felt like the answers I was looking for were behind a wall. And mushrooms could help me either get over that wall or get around it or get under it and get to what I felt like was important. I knew some guy that had some, he had just kind of powerful substances, period, whatever he had, it seemed like it was very strong. I met up with him in the lower hate and a couple of days later I had a plan. And this plan was, eat the mushrooms, just go on a little short walk through the neighborhood, and come home and watch a movie. So during this time, I was still living on Cortland Avenue, and just to, for some exercise, just for, you know, go out, get some fresh air, have a time to brainstorm, think about things, I would walk all the way over from my place to Dolores Park and back. That was my plan, and just after about nine o'clock at night, on this night, uh, without really weighing anything out, just kind of eye-weighing it, broke the bag in half, ate them, and walked outside. The mushroom started kicking in about 20 minutes later when I was walking up Dolores Street towards 24th. I was listening to a group from Pakistan called the Sabri Brothers who play a type of music called Kowali. So this song, the lyrics are about a guy that walks into a bar and he wants to drink wine, but he doesn't want to drink any kind of wine. He wants to drink a very special type of wine, perhaps even a theoretical type of wine, the same type of wine that Hussein was drinking before he walked to his death at Karbala. I don't speak Punjabi or Urdu, the languages most koals are sung in, but I researched the lyrics of songs I seem to connect with, including this one, and I would trip out on the theme sometimes. When the mushrooms started to kick in, I was listening to the introduction of the song, and the tabla drums I heard being played independently in each ear began blending together in my mind. After a while, I'm not gonna lie, the music seemed to just be getting a little too overwhelming to me. It just got a little too hard to follow and listen to, so I turned it off but I was still feeling great. I was a little surprised though, just because these seemed to just kick in just so fast. And usually it would just take, you know, forever. Like I said, in the first trip I had, it took so long. I thought that the, the mushrooms were bogus and that was usual for me, for these to kick in so fast. It was kind of surprising. I can't really say I thought too much of it otherwise though. I ended up making my way over to a corner store that's on 15th and Church. And I saw the guy that was working there. He recognized me, he said, what's up? He's a, uh, I don't remember what he was. He was either Palestinian, Syrian, Lebanese. He was from the Arab world, he was Arab. And I just remember he had really, really, really bright red hair. And it just seemed even more so bright in that moment. In the psychedelic world, or really just in the drug world period, sometimes there exist these myths and these stories, urban legends and things. And I can even say sometimes that these myths aren't really myths. You know, I don't know if drinking some milk helps you if you've been smoking PCP and you're tripping out. I don't know if milk's really gonna help you out. I don't know if drinking some orange juice when you're about to do some mushrooms, I don't know if that boosts the trip. I don't know if it makes it more powerful. I have heard putting them in lemon juice does help that, it does intensify. I've heard other people say it doesn't. These things kind of exist, but I had this in my mind and I went and I got some orange juice for this purpose. Can't say I was sweating my ass off in that store. So I walked up, said what's up to the dude, got my orange juice, and I walked over to DuBose Park, which is just right down the street on church, and I chugged the OJ. I remember I was sitting down and I was just looking at a tree. 
And then suddenly I looked up into the sky and the stars in the sky had rearranged themselves into the pattern of the tree that I had just seen. I thought to myself, man, this is great. How about I just go up to Hate Street and talk to some strangers? And you know, that's, that's what I did. So I had my music playing again. I walked up to Hate and Fillmore and I passed somebody and I thought I saw him talking to me. I took my headphones off, you know, I apologize, say my bad, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? And a guy looked at me and he said, I wasn't talking to you. You aren't the only person out here. And you know, I looked around, I looked up and down Hate Street and uh, I was the only person out there. But I thought about it and I was like, maybe he didn't mean it that way. What if you meant something like, I'm not supposed to be just out here just walking around expecting people to just like talk to me and treat me like I'm some like visiting diplomat or something like that. Most importantly in that moment, I thought, what if God had sent him to tell me that my ego is too fucking big? And with that last thought specifically, I started having a panic attack and a nightmare that would last the next couple of hours began. And once again, I just have to reiterate, just a panic attack on its own is pretty awful, just on its own. But at this time, I didn't even know that I was having them. So I had no way to stop them. And my way of coping with them at the time was just letting them burn themselves out. Instantly, just in the midst of this panic attack and shroom trip, I started feeling like I had like a really loud, rapid fire talking Baptist preacher in my ear, telling me all the different ways that I was an asshole. He was telling me how egotistical I was, how self-centered I was, the fact that I was trying to present myself as this kind of more holy, devoted, spiritual type of person. I had long hair at the time because I felt like maybe I needed that for some reason to be either an artist, which is what I wanted to be before, or some kind of man of God, some kind of spiritual being. I had to have long hair or something. And this person in my ear was telling me, hey, guess what, Connor? All that shit you're doing is all bullshit. And this entity in my ear, in my brain, I wasn't actually hearing it out loud, but it was just in my brain, but it was nonstop. It was telling me, you know, you're trying to be this new guy, this guy that believes in God, this guy that's a nice person, but you're really acting like this other shit they used to do to people never happened. And it's phony. And you're trying to present yourself as a good person but you still have some of these things in your character. And to a degree, uh, that dude was right. I had made a lot of changes just in that short period of time between finding God and this mushroom trip on this night. But a lot of the behavior that I just picked up in the streets of the city, it was still with me. And this mushroom powered preacher, his sermon didn't end until the trip ended. And during this whole time, this whole time, any type of way I tried to look at myself, he had me feeling like I had this perception of myself completely messed up everywhere I went outside in public. And mind you also, while I'm having all this going on, I'm having this guy tell me about myself. I'm having my own thoughts about myself as I'm passing people in the streets. And mind you, I'm passing some pretty populated areas. I'm on church, I'm on Dolores, I'm on market. I'm going all the way in between 16th, 17th. There's a lot of people over there. I'm getting this preacher's thoughts about these people as well. And just, I can say, it's a lot of voices in one person's head. In previous mushroom trips, I had had visual experiences, I had had hallucinations, I had had stuff moving around on the ground, but I never had anything on this level. And like I said, I had seen the whole sky rearrange itself into a pattern of a tree. The stars in the sky rearranged into the pattern of a tree. There were some very, very, very 
strong visuals. And the strongest visuals were as I was passing things that were taller than me. So this could be trees. This is especially light posts. They were starting to bend in and dangle just right above my face. So as I'm walking around everywhere, I have these things dangling in my face like this. And they only dangle as I pass by them. And you know, I'm passing things, I'm passing things bending, I'm passing constellations, I'm passing people. As I'm passing these people, you know, most of these people are paying me absolutely no mind, some are. The main thing I'm thinking is, who else out here is just as fucked up as I am? and nobody else knows. Like everybody else is just walking by me like I'm just a normal person and I am to the gills. I'm tripping, everything is going completely haywire. But because I'm composing myself, I have my jacket very neatly folded over my arm and I'm just proceeding along. Nobody's even thinking about it. Who else is out here like this in a similar state? Could have been somebody that was either sweating as much as I was or walking as slowly as I was. And given that, I'm over by my old middle school. I'm over by some places where I've experienced some trouble before. I'm starting to get some anxiety about being in these places and being in these places and walking so slowly and perhaps presenting myself as easy target. In addition to everything else I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel that as well. It took me damn near 40 minutes to walk from Hayton Fillmore just to Dolores Park. And along the way, that orange juice that I drank caught up with. I had to pee really, really, really bad. And seeing that I was really paranoid, I was in the middle of a mushroom trip and I was in the middle of a panic attack. The last thing I wanted was some police contact. When I was at like 19th and Dolores, I was over just on the side of Dolores, you know, over on this side of the street, you have, uh, I think there was a temple there, a bunch of houses. I was on the park side of the street on Dolores going towards 19th and I saw a porta potty and I went inside. I finally got to pee and once I started peeing, just the wall started bleeding like this, trickling down like rainbow colors. The colors were changing as I was peeing. The walls just continued to bleed and bleed. And you know, sometimes like you've, you've held a pee for a really long time. You had to go bad. It took a while. And after you let that go, you like your stomach is a little sore. I was starting to experience that. This was the case. I was feeling this, but because I was on mushrooms, I wasn't thinking about it rationally. Mushrooms, like meth, they affect your perception of time. And after what felt like 20 minutes, but possibly was only like two, I was wondering, why am I still so sore? You know, I thought maybe something's wrong with my equipment and maybe I should uh, just have a look to make sure everything was in working order. And as I went to just do this street side inspection and go for my zipper, a different voice entirely just said, no, you can't do that. You can't just pull your shit out on the street like this. This voice told me that everything, civilization itself, begins to collapse when people are just so selfish that they're pulling their junk out on the street with no thought for anybody else in the mist. This made me even more guilty. And during the hour and a half walk it took me to get back to Cortland, I thought about this concept of civilizational collapse as the preacher inside my head continued to serve me. And after a while, just the only thought on my mind was, I just wanna hug my mom. And you know, eventually the trip ended, I got to hug my mom at some point, but just the whole experience was something of a nightmare. I had a lot to just think about and reflect upon after the fact. And I can say that after that trip, that trip only lasted maybe three hours or four hours, I looked at myself differently than I had in the morning. And I kind of renewed my commitment to just making myself somebody that I really just wanted to be. 
I will say that this meant doing this though without the aid of mushrooms. For the next like 14 or 15 years, I just avoided them and they kind of avoided me as well. And anytime I would think about doing them, the only thing I could think was, I'm gonna end up just walking the streets, it's gonna be an endless panic attack, and I'm gonna be worried about causing the downfall of society with my Johnson. This isn't to say that I didn't revisit this incident multiple times just over the years, just in the hopes of extracting some clarity and just extracting some answers from the experience. And over time, I can say that it took 18 years, but finally I was able to first manage and then kind of deal with and then prevent panic attacks and ultimately eliminate panic attacks from my life entirely. It took 18 years to do, but I can say that I'm panic attack free as of right now. I also came to learn more about psilocybin, which is the chemical that's in magic mushrooms, as well just more about the mushrooms themselves. I found that, like marijuana, there's multiple different strains and there's even multiple species that make up the genus of whatever you would call magic mushrooms, whatever you want to call them. That includes a lot of different things, and at the time that I took these, I thought it was just eat half the bag if you want a cool trip, eat the whole bag, eat the whole eight if you just really want to just go far out, do that but I knew nothing else. Also, I learned a lot about the importance of set and setting, and it was clear to me that taking mushrooms and just walking around the Mission District at 9, 10 o'clock at night, that was gonna cause me a panic attack, if not something worse. When I would trip again, about 15 years later after this experience, in comparison to what had happened that night in the Mission, this trip, it was a little underwhelming. I can't say that this more recent trip, what it did do was reignite some interest in the field of psychedelic psilocybin, magic mushrooms, and in the future, I'm going to have some videos about particular strains, their effects, their cultivation process, and I look forward to bringing that content to you guys on this channel. In the meantime, if you guys are going to trip, do it the smart way, but if you're going to do it the stupid way, at least learn something from it.